Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So today is a solo episode. I'm going to talk all about weight loss and PCOS. But before I do, I just want to mention that for any of you PCOS sisters out there who have been having trouble with your PCOS, don't know where to start, don't know how to navigate it, or even if you've been working with someone, you've been digging through your own PCOS and you're at a plateau, you're not sure what to do next, you're frustrated, this PCOS Breakthrough Online Academy is for you because this is my most complete coaching package that I have revamped over time and it has been tremendous in really getting the results for women to start ovulating, understanding their cycle, getting their period back, clearing up their skin, uh, reducing hair loss and hirsutism and actually having easy periods without PMS, etc. So it is really possible to reverse your symptoms and that's what I really want to hit home um, with this program and really show and teach women that they can actually take control of their health and I've been doing that with this program it's been so rewarding to see women really take control of their health back and actually do something about it and see the results because this is not a magic pill this is not a quick fix this is a long-term condition that needs to be addressed by really looking at the underlying imbalances because that's what's feeding this whole thing and these symptoms. We can't get rid of PCOS, but we can look at where these symptoms are coming from, where the underlying balance imbalances are coming from, and then we can correct those so that we can actually heal our PCOS and reverse these symptoms. So with this promo, um, there is a discount on the program as well as a seven-day meal plan that's customized to you with recipes so that you can actually not only figure out what you should be eating for your type, but also how to implement it because it's all great if you are aware of what you should be eating, but if you don't really know how to do that or implement it, then there's no point. So the whole program is really looking at how can you make this a sustainable change that works for you and that works for your PCOS. So if this is something that you think that would benefit you or anybody else, please share and let them know. It will be on sale until Wednesday. The details will be in the show notes if you want to check that out. I'm also happy to hop on a call to chat about this with you and see if this is a good fit or not obviously no strings attached. And just to chat a little bit more about if this is something that could be beneficial to you. So let's get started in the episode now. So first thing I want to talk about is stress. So highly underrated, and you might be rolling your eyes, but this is something that I see in so many women, especially if they come to me with issues with their weight. Usually I'm going to be able to pinpoint a lot of stressors that are adding to this and that they may not have thought about. So it's really important to remember that stress comes in different forms. It's emotional, it's physical and chemical. So even if you don't think you're under a lot of stress, your body may well be under a lot of stress because it is under, it is really a barrel effect. So these do add up um, and they can spill over. So what are some stressors? They could be your work, they could be school, they could be relationships. These are all obvious things, money, debt, bills, but also things like over-exercising, not sleeping enough, not exercising enough, missing your meals, skipping your meals, um, having meals that are too large, having meals that are unbalanced, eating foods that you don't tolerate, things that are inflammatory, um, excess caffeine, sugar, or alcohol, 
environmental toxins, chemicals, pollution, even pathogens and bacteria and infections, technology, and dieting and restricting, these are all stressors. So as you can see, these are a lot of things that are very common. Uh, a lot of things we can control, some of them we can't, but we do have to remember that our body uh, has to deal with these. And a lot of the time we are just putting it under so much pressure that it will act out. So again, we really want to evaluate what are these stressors on our life because I think a lot of us have made stress a habit and it's just become normal, but it's really a lot, especially on the female body. And with PCOS, there are a lot of imbalances going on that are already causing stress on the body. So we really need to manage that even more. And in terms of weight loss, how does stress impact weight loss? Well, in a study from Ohio State University, researchers actually found that women who experienced high levels of stress burned more than 100 fewer calories than women who had not experienced stress. And this was directly after they had eaten a high fat meal. So it was the same meal, but women who had higher levels of stress actually burned less calories than those who didn't experience stress. Then studies have also shown that women who are trying to lose weight and solely manage their stress properly actually lost more weight than the women who were working out for weight loss and didn't manage their stress. So even if you're exercising, but you're stressed out of your mind, and then somebody else is actually managing their stress, they're doing yoga, they're walking, a lot of people have actually seen, actually seen improved weight loss in the stress management group. And I see this a lot of the time, especially with women who are, you know, trying to cut their calories and over-exercise and they are complaining of the excess weight and plateauing and not being able to lose the weight and having this excess belly fat. And a lot of the time this is due to stress and cortisol. So cortisol is the main adrenal hormone. Your adrenal glands basically pump out fight or flight hormones like cortisol. And this is going to be dumped into the bloodstream to give you energy during times of stress. But a lot of the time we can see stress come up as at our desk or, you know, when we're not even moving. So this can increase our blood, our blood sugar, even when we don't utilize it for energy. And a lot of the time we do see this become chronic, which is a problem because our body is meant to handle cortisol in acute stages, but not in chronic circumstances. So it's going to be produced in higher quantities with chronic and elevated stress levels and also in PCOS women. PCOS women, regardless of their weight, have been shown to produce more cortisol than controls. So even more so to pay attention to your cortisol and your stress if you do have PCOS. So how does cortisol lead to weight gain? Well, it can decrease muscle mass because it, decrease, it triggers the muscle breakdown and this is obviously not good because muscle is metabolically active, so it can increase our metabolism, it can burn calories even when we're not exercising, and it is really, really important for blood sugar balance, balance and insulin management, which we'll talk about a little bit after. It also promotes fat around the middle tummy area because there are more cortisol receptors in this area. And it can worsen and trigger insulin resistance, as I mentioned. Um, blood sugar balance is going to be really important. We'll talk about that soon. It can also lead to cravings and overeating, specifically if we're in that stress eating stage, but also when we're under stress, we're looking for more of these comfort foods, and we usually look for the high sugar foods, the high fat foods. Um, it will also signal your body to store energy as fat and hold on to calories. 
and it can raise inflammation, which can cause puffiness and also lead to weight gain and make it harder to lose weight. Another thing that cortisol does, it, it can weaken your thyroid hormone output. When your adrenals become overstimulated over time, this can result in your system downregulating. So metabolism can go down because you need to conserve energy. And I see this with a lot of women, especially who have been doing the yo-yo dieting and excess exercising for a long time and even years. And this is where we see the excess belly fat and the metabolism go down and just having to cut down your calories really, really low to a point that your body becomes accustomed to this new set point and it tries to conserve more and more energy. So we really need to address our stress and take a good hard look at like what are the stressors in our life. It's going to be different for each person, um, but really becoming realistic around it because obviously we can't you know, let go of all of our responsibilities, throw our kids out the window, leave our family. Like there are a lot of things that we can't control, but then there are going to be a lot of things that we can control. And these are what the ones that we really need to pay attention to. So obviously maintaining our boundaries, saying no, if we need to, filling up our own cup and also paying attention to the sort of stress that can come, um, mentally. So for instance, if you are anticipating something, a stressful event in your life that may or may not even happen, um, if you are, you know, looking at certain things in a negative way, then that can also cause stress in your body too. So perceived stress and anticipated stress can also elevate stress hormones in the body. And it's pretty interesting that stress, we are really the only species that can put ourselves into a stressed state due to thought alone because when we're looking at animals it's usually like something in the environment that will stress them out and then they go back to you know chilling out again whereas us we are constantly under this stimulation of stress in our society but then we are also constantly putting ourselves under stress with our minds so we really need to kind of remember our mindset is also playing a big part in stress and then blood sugar uh, does play a big part as well. So it is going to be linked to stress because, as I mentioned, cortisol can increase blood sugar. And when we see chronic spike of blood sugar and insulin and, you know, this imbalance and having inflammatory foods and these foods that are like refined carbs, refined sugars in our diet, we can see insulin resistance start to develop, which is known as prediabetes. And this accounts for about 70% of women with PCOS. So it's very, very common, but it's not just in PCOS women. And what happens is basically your cells no longer respond properly to insulin. And insulin is a hormone that puts our blood sugar out of the blood into the cell to be used for energy. But with insulin resistance, these cells are no longer responding to the insulin. So we have high blood sugar levels circulating in the bloodstream. We need to pump out more and more insulin. And this contributes to increased fat storage as well as energy crashes, more cravings, and inflammation in the body. So insulin's job is really to decrease blood sugar in the blood and store fat. So when you're constantly elevating insulin, then your body is in fat storing mode, not fat burning mode. And I see this a lot now with our society being this constant snacking society. So we are constantly elevating our blood sugar and insulin. We're never letting it really come down again. And this is obviously not going to be helpful for blood sugar management or weight loss. And 
another side of it is we usually are eating foods that are going to be spiking our blood sugar that are not balanced and for this kind of situation we see our blood sugar go on a roller coaster ride so we're going to be spiking it with our coffee and our muffin in the morning we're going to have a quick crash about one or two hours later we're going to go for something again that's usually sugary and that gets our blood sugar back up quickly and this is just continuing the pattern all day long so we're not giving our blood sugar and insulin a break and we're constantly stressing our body out because we're spiking our blood sugar and having this crash and when we have this crash we either need to find food very quickly to bring up our blood sugar again or our adrenal glands are going to increase the blood sugar in the body themselves and this obviously puts a big stress on the adrenals and your hormones and again as we mentioned um, this can lead to thyroid imbalances but also lower, lowered metabolism so it all really feeds into each other but blood sugar balance is going to be one of the key things to manage when you are looking at managing your weight because this is going to help keep your energy stable and keep you satiated and really help balance those hormones instead of putting them out of whack and increasing fat storage and inflammation. It all really feeds into each other. So we really want to look at balanced meals that are regular meals, avoiding snacking all day long. And so this means looking at your meal. Does it have a protein? Does it have a healthy fat? Does it have fiber? So vegetables because this is going to help keep that blood sugar stable and avoid those roller coasters. Third one would be inflammation. So like stress, inflammation can be good in acute situations, like if you cut yourself, you get a bruise. But when it's chronic, this becomes a problem. And this is going to be one of the driving, if not the driving factors in chronic diseases, but also PCOS and weight gain. And this is kind of the low-grade chronic inflammation that we're seeing. So inflammation can actually drive weight gain, but weight gain can also promote inflammation. So it results in this vicious cycle. And fat cells become inflammation-making factories because when they expand beyond capacity and, and it basically release these inflammatory chemicals, um, they are increasing this inflammatory state in the body. So another thing is with inflammation, chronic inflammation can also worsen insulin resistance, driving fat storage in the body. And this is going to be sabotaging your ability to burn fat because it makes your cells actually more um, resistant to fat loss. So inflammation is going to be really one of the key issues to address here. It really feeds all of these issues in the body and only makes... Um, your weight gain worse. So what creates inflammation? Really anything that puts your body out of balance. Uh, but one of the biggest things I see is eating foods that are inflammatory and that our body can't tolerate. So obviously, you know, the inflammatory fats like the hydrogenated oils, um, the refined sugars, the refined carbohydrates, the packaged processed foods, the additives, the artificial flavors, the artificial colors, all of these synthetic chemicals, et cetera, all the fake foods basically we want to get out of our diet. And then in terms of specific inflammatory foods for each person, it can really differ, um, but common ones would be dairy, gluten, wheat, soy, and corn. And these are commonly allergenic foods that can cause inflammation in the body and increase these inflammatory chemicals. So one of the best ways to find out which foods you 
don't do well with is obviously paying attention to how you feel after meals. But if you do an elimination diet, this can be very helpful because when we eliminate these foods for a certain period of time, usually a month, and then we reintroduce them, then we can tell if they are actually causing us problems because we you usually will see a reaction pretty quickly versus if we eat them every day, then it's harder to tell. So I would really look at focusing on your food first and foremost um, and see are they really contributing to inflammation in the body. And then obviously focusing on man managing our blood sugar and um, decreasing our stress. This is all going to help reduce inflammation. And then the last one that I want to talk about today would be, actually let's do two more. So um, the next one I want to talk about is lack of sleep. So this is actually a huge one. It does tie into stress, of course, but when it comes to fat loss, research has shown that getting um, lack, of sleep, lack of sleep, so like four to five hours of sleep per night can actually cause insulin resistance and higher um, glucose. And this can lead to prediabetes and diabetes down the road. So the next one I wanna talk about is lack of sleep. So this obviously ties into stress, but specifically when it comes to fat loss, research has shown that getting between four to five hours of sleep per night can actually cause insulin resistance. And this can obviously, we talked about insulin resistance, but also lead to diabetes down the road, but also increased appetite and cravings and weight gain in what otherwise would be a healthy population. So really, really important to look at how much sleep you're getting and really to remember that even one night of poor sleep can actually induce insulin resistance or insulin resistance state in the body. So the next one we'll talk about is lack of sleep. So of course this ties into stress, but when it comes to fat loss specifically, research has shown that getting between four to five hours of sleep per night can actually cause insulin resistance. So this will obviously lead to inflammation, appetite, increased appetite, cravings, weight gain, but also can lead to diabetes down the road. And what's really scary is that all it takes is really a single night of partial sleep to cause this type of damage. So six hours or less has shown to increase the risk for obesity, which is pretty scary because a lot of us get six hours or less of sleep, and this is almost becoming normal. And sleep duration has actually shortened in Western societies in the past decades, so we are getting less and less sleep. So more severe restriction of six hours or less or even four hours or less per night um, during multiple nights can result in decreased glucose tolerance and also insulin resistance. But obviously this is gonna cause more damage if you do this over and over again, but even one night can cause um, an impact. So you've obviously probably already experience this when you have you know a poor night of sleep and then you feel increased hunger increased cravings specifically compared to if you have like seven to nine hours of sleep you usually feel more balanced and not as hangry quote unquote and this is due to several hormones becoming out of balance uh, because sleep deprivation can reduce levels of the satiety-inducing hormone leptin, so which basically tells you that you're full, and it can increase levels of the hunger-stimulating hormone ghrelin, so the hormone that tells you that you are hungry. 
So basically, it upregulates your hormone that tells you that you're hungry, and it deregulates your hormone that tells you you're full. Obviously, this is not a good scenario. And so not only does sleep deprivation reduce your ability to metabolize glucose and get glucose into the cell using insulin, it also makes you want to consume more sugar and more of these fatty foods as well as these inflammatory foods, and it also makes you want to eat more. So this is just a recipe for disaster, and it can cause a lot, a lot of issues. So prioritizing your sleep is really, really important, and we can't neglect this. And though it may be a bit difficult you know, to get seven to nine hours of sleep every single night, but really doing the best you can to make it a priority to get into bed, around 10 p.m., at least before midnight, and making sure that you are making it a priority. Then the last one is the gut microbiome. So there is a lot more research going into gut health, and it is very fascinating, but there are actually studies that show that it can have a direct impact on your weight. So researchers have actually discovered that bad bacteria can actually extract more calories from your food, and this can obviously make you gain weight, but also increase the risk of constipation and interfere with fat burning enzymes as well as changing appetite signals, altering genes that are linked with burning body fats. And obviously this creates a lot of imbalances. So the microbiome is really one of the key factors to overall health, but also healthy weight. They've actually done studies with rats looking at fecal transplants, so transferring um, poop from one rat to the other um, with obviously the different bacteria, and the obese rats actually became lean with the lean transplant, and then the lean rats actually became obese with the obese transplant. So it's just to show that your gut microbiome can actually have an impact on your weight and just the microbiome alone. And this is really profound information because not only does it impact our, our weight, but it really does have a big impact on our health overall. So another thing is to remember that um, in the gut, your immune system lies in the gut. The majority of serotonin is made in the gut. Your gut is communicating with the brain. So if there is a lot of imbalance going, down, going on down there, then... You may be feeling moody and anxious and are depressed, and a lot of the time this can stem from gut imbalances. And even our conversion of thyroid hormones can be impacted by our gut health too because um, roughly about 20% of our T4 gets converted to T3. So T3 is your active metabolism-boosting thyroid hormone. And this conversion actually happens in the gut by good gut bacteria. So if you have bad gut bacteria and an imbalance of that, not enough good bacteria, then there is more of a likelihood that you're not converting your thyroid hormones properly. And obviously, as we know, thyroid hormone governs our metabolism. So it's really important for not only hormonal health, but also your weight as well. Um, and then also they do play a big impact in breaking down hormones and toxins and removing them from the body. And if we don't have enough good bacteria and too many bad bacteria, then you're not going to be removing these toxins efficiently. And this can also uh, result in increased weight gain as well. So when we look at the gut, there are a lot of factors to remember, but it's not just as simple as a probiotic. Um, 
this can definitely help, but you really want to work with someone in order to assess your gut microbiome and then really take the necessary supplements and nutrition protocol, et cetera. Everyone's going to be a bit different. Um, but probiotics can definitely be helpful. Uh, you just want to be careful. And if you've never taken them before, maybe start out slow and look into fiber-rich foods because even if we take probiotics, if we're not feeding these good bacteria with fiber and prebiotic-rich foods, then they're not really going to stay and take up residence. So gut health is really going to be a key factor in your weight and if you have a healthy weight. And as you can see, uh, the gut microbiome does have a very big impact. So that's pretty much what I'm going to address today. There are a lot of other factors that I could talk about, but I really wanted to get into some of these common ones, specifically with PCOS and women's hormones and why a lot of the time they have such difficulty. If you guys want to look into this bit a bit more and get more of this information, I do have a blog post that goes through these things that I talked about today and these factors that result to, that are linked to weight gain. Um, and those will be in the show notes. You can check out the blog in the show notes. A lot of the studies are in there as well in the blog post. So you can check those out. It's pretty interesting. So thank you for listening. I hope that this was helpful, that you learned something. If yes, if you enjoyed this episode, I always appreciate a review and ratings on iTunes. This helps to reach more people and get the message out there. And if you want to share this on Instagram as well, tag me and I will share it on my Instagram. If you guys want to send me any questions or anything you want to hear from the podcast, uh, shoot me a message and I'm always happy to find guests or just to talk about it myself. So thanks again for tuning in and I will chat to you guys next week.